put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Live from Florida, USA, you're tuned into RLM TV. Bless you guys. Welcome. Happy to be here in this body today. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like barely staying inside of my body while we're engaging in Torah, living Torah. I had to pull her out right of trance to broadcast tonight, so it's this was be the interesting. most interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I was looking at him and talking to him. I was above my body talking to him through my body with, I think that might have been my seventh soul because, you know, who, when you're hovering above your body, but somehow looking through your body. And I remember speaking down into my body through my body. And when I came back into my body, I had to ask him, were my eyes open? And he said, yes. But it seemed like I was looking from, I don't even know how to describe this kind of a thing, but uh, I was, it was so strange. I knew I was floating above my body, but I was looking at him through my body. And uh, I remember saying to him before I came back down into my body, trying to explain to him how I was currently over my body, feel like I'm hovering above my body because... You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to move. And I didn't want him to just, you know, if you walk away and I'm still floating above my body, am I going to be able to get back into my body to move my body to be here presently with the Lord with you live for our TV? Amen. Yeah, amen. Apostle Paul <laughs> says the same thing out of the body and present with the Lord in the body, out of the body. But he says, perhaps out of the body. So it's good to be raptured all the time. Bob Jones says you need to be raptured five times a day. You know what that means? Caught up into heaven. You know what we're doing? Learning how to stay raptured. God told me the motto of RLM a long time ago was living lifestyle a lifestyle of rapture. rapture, which is living in the heavens. And it's, you know, we've talked about rapture and we've been done raptured so many times in the last, I was, you know, imagine how many times you've been raptured in the last five years. But there's something different when you go up and you have it's circumcision. It's different with the circumcisions. And it's different when you have more souls. I just felt like being up on the ladder, being over my body in, in a higher soul, it's just, it was such a wonderful feeling. And I feel so <laughs> energized. It's buzzing through my whole body. And I know... Uh, that there is some kind of impartation in the words today because the specific instruction was to sit down just for a minute and the Lord was going to do something. And I didn't know what it was. I was only anticipating is taking about five minutes of my time. <laughs> I think it turned into an hour or so, right? Yeah. But uh, I just feel incredible. It's like the Shekinah is going through the layers you know how the worlds... Do we have the video of the worlds with the lightning? Yeah. I feel like somebody 
turned the light switch on, and these things are doing that. And, uh, you know, when they stack up the worlds so high, I mean, how many of these do we have now? Man. We've, let's see, Asaya, Yetzira, Berea. You know, Yetzira, we got like four four of them just within Yetzira Absolute. And, uh, so, yeah, we're on working on number 10 now. The 10th one doesn't quite have uh, all of the power going through all the spheres, but some of them, they're definitely connected. And the rest of the worlds, I just feel like they're really in line, which feels nice because, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, the warfare. We did talk about the encounter with Satan and all that. And, you know... Leading up to that two days, I'd gotten a word from the Lord that I was going to have to, you know, kind of go into the demon world. And I didn't really want to, to kind of, you know, that was our only option left to kind of get back something that was stolen. And it's, I think it's pretty well established thing in the prophetic, at least in the last five, ten years, how some people will go into enemy territory on, you know, secret mission kind of things. They go on special ops. They go and get back things that were stolen. Uh, if you're not super familiar with that one example is Anna Roundtree. But, you know, she's going with the Lord into enemy territory. And they went in and they pillaged uh, Satan's stronghold. And they brought back some stolen things. And that was the Lord's help. But there was something specific. And for the, that was the most distinct time... That I can remember, after having seven souls, not all of my souls were on the same page. It was like having a boat full, you know, you've got seven souls, they're all supposed to work together. And, you know, it, it's all it's all one cohesive unit. But it kind of felt like, if we talk about the ship analogy, like the pirate ship analogy, and each soul is like a crew member... I think everybody kind of had their own idea of what's best. And <laughs> I want to go. I don't want to go. You know, I don't want to go. But the order of Melchizedek just kind of brings all your souls in order, in unity, in alignment. And that's their connection to Shekinah, which I'm feeling so strongly right now in the Lord. It's just incredible. I feel amazing. I think coming out of church age Christianity... Some people might squirm at multiple souls, but what is a soul? A new heart. Listen, a soul is a mind, will, and emotions. Okay? The Bible teaches of elevations of intelligence and growing in intelligence. That's growing in souls. Okay? So each world has a soul, which is a mind, a will, and an intelligence. Okay? God has seven spirits of God. That's written four times in the Revelation And they all of Jesus get along Christ. just fine, and it's all one God, so it's all Him, and he is one and he works perfectly you're made in his image so for us to be restored to his image is that daughter of seven word which is your restoration of seven souls to reflect the seven spirits of god that's what your purpose is is to reflect his glory you're supposed to be a representative an ambassador of heaven but how many of you know when you roll up to work the next day and you're tired and you're cranky and your boss is giving you a hard time again and you didn't get in your 30 minutes of Torah for the day or for the last few days 
or you made some wrong decisions, or you let the family irritate you, and then you're on to work and you're feeling cranky, people cutting you off in traffic. It's just, oh, it doesn't exactly feel like the radiations of the Father's glory in the workplace. It's about all you can do to not blow up on your poor coworker that's coming to you asking you for help right in the midst of that chaos. And that's the problem is you got chaos in your life. So what do we do? We bind the word of God to our souls. We put on the Teflon, which is, you know, you don't need to get onto the Judaica website to order the little black box, strap it to your head and tell your coworkers, this is my new look. This is what I do now. No, it's about the image of God being bound to your soul, which is what? It's the Torah. Jesus Christ is the word. But he's always been called the word. Before he came in the flesh, whatever in heaven call him, the word. John saw that. He leaned into his heart. He went into the heavenly vision. He's like, oh yeah, Jesus Christ is the word of God. And he became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And now Christ Emmanuel, Christ within us, that's you birthing the divine child. You're having an experience similar to Mary, but instead of birthing his flesh, you're birthing his spirit within your flesh. And that's how you are saved. It is written by birthing the divine Christ. That's right. It's written in Timothy. I want to talk about that birthing in the flesh because this is probably something very misunderstood in the body of Christ right now. Even ascending many worlds, there's only a trickle able to get down through this world through your flesh. You'll still be required to walk by faith, even in the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th worlds. Even by, when you complete the Sephirot, there will still be a percentage of the Sephirot, the sapphire stones, coming through the earthen vessel. The earthen vessel will be accelerated and will be tremendously healed, but it is a small percentage I can tell you this now. The first seven worlds are like the, the universe, and after that is the multiverse. And even in the multiverse, I would say less than 30% of what your above souls are experiencing is able to come down through the brain, which means you'll be required to walk by faith even if you've ascended seven, eight, nine, ten worlds. So don't just think it's an automatic thing. It is a daily reminder to this meat sack of your above life with Christ seated in heavenly places. Right. So what was the prophetic word that the Lord gave us with the vision and the dreams, the confirmations that the transformation of us or of you as you rise into that kind of a being that can overcome who used to be known as Lucifer, the fallen angel, that is now known as Satan, but he got demoted in the last couple of years with signs and wonders uh, to Stan. It's just Stan. Uh, that's just kind of, you know, that's his name now. Just, just Stan. And that goes along with that Bible verse that, that says, when the nations find out who's been behind all that trouble, and then they see how pathetic he is when he's unveiled in that way, they're going to say, this is it? That's the one? That's This is the one who led astray all the nations? Really? That's it? Like, really, Stan? Yeah, Ezekiel 28. He stands as a man. <laughs> but, uh, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. This is wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> uh, but the, what, what is it going to take? I want you to see this. Some of you are going to see this. 
when you're walking by faith, and again, a certain percentage is coming down and you're going up, how much ascension? Because, you know, we keep ascending beyond 10 worlds. It's eternal. It goes on forever. But 10 weeks is the formation of the character of Jesus within you. And that's number one. The primary thing is his character, his nature, his purity, his holiness, his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom, God inside minded, Malkut. And step number two. Easy two-step program for eternal salvation without end. Glory to glory, essentially. Glory. You go from glory, number one, to glory. So you realize the glory, and then you go to the next degree of glory. What is everyone in heaven doing right now? Yeah, so I would just like to say hello to everyone in heaven. Anyone who's tuning in live, if you're watching our broadcast from the heavenly cloud of witnesses, uh, we just want to acknowledge everyone in heaven who's going glory to glory. That's what everyone in heaven... Everyone who got saved by believing in Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. Who was anointed, right? He was anointed for his death by, you know, Mary poured that oil, that perfume, costly perfume. You know, and he died on the cross. He was raised on the third day and he ascended. And he flew up into the clouds like Superman. And, uh, <laughs> you know... That Jesus, everyone who was saved and has died and gone to heaven, guess what they're all doing right now? They're doing actually the same thing we're doing, just without demonic opposition. They're going glory to glory. They're learning about Torah. They're praising God. They're doing fun, enjoyable activities in the Holy Ghost. And it's all praise and worship unto God. There are uh, comedy bars going on in heaven today. There is worship in the throne room. There is lightning bolts coming out of the Father down the Sephiroth. I mean, it's just amazing revelation. There are leaders in heaven. You do know like John Paul Jackson, he wasn't just a leader on the earth and now he's in retirement in heaven. You think John Paul Jackson's gonna be retired? No. He is leading. He has leadership. A lot of people, you know, that were leaders in the body of Christ on earth, guess what they're doing in heaven? They're doing the same thing. The measure of your destiny that you're walking in the earth is how much of what you're, you were going to be doing in heaven after you die and go to heaven, but you start doing it on the earth. That's your eternal purpose. That's right. Revelation says the spirits of the prophets were receiving their great reward and if you study that out it's the great cloud of witnesses amen the great reward for the angels or spirits of mm -hmm. the prophets so a lot of you you know some of the highest calling and destiny that you can walk in in the earth before even dying and maybe some of you aren't even gonna see the grave that's what bob jones said and that's what the lord is speaking this season some will never see the grave because there's another type of death it's one that few people have walked in, but it's something that more and more saints are going to walk in in the future as we bring the kingdom age. And as we have already established, the Sephirot is the bridge or the ladder to the kingdom age. So you'll need to complete 10 weeks at least to begin to really walk in it. And as you go up, you do start to walk in. It is the kingdom coming out of you more and more as you ascend. But really, you want to complete 
the Sephiroth. Uh, but you, so let's talk about your maximum calling and destiny. What is it? Well, what, what if you were in heaven, like the whole cloud of witnesses, what would you be doing? Some people are, uh, they're like the main act at a comedy club. So if you're calling a destiny, like if you died, went to heaven and you were, let's say you were a lawyer on the earth, but you're a comedian in heaven. That's your eternal purpose and destiny. It doesn't mean that your eternal calling and purpose is always going to be something that you can do for your income and your job because the days have been evil, right? So some people are just their designers. Uh, some people have a certain passion. There are some people who are professional bakers in heaven. They, they bake to the glory of God. Now, can you imagine if that was your eternal thing? Like, let's say if you died and went to heaven today, that would be your job in heaven is a baker. Because everyone in heaven has a job. Everyone has something to do Discovering to help others. Discovering what your spirit others. was created for. Exactly. So, one of the best things you can do is find out what you're created for. If you walk in righteousness, one of the rewards of righteousness that's possible for you to attain is that you may be granted to be able to do in the world now, in the earth, what you're eternally going to be doing, what you would have been doing in heaven if you died and went to heaven. So there's that bringing that down into the earth, and that's what Elijah did. I think we talked about that this week. And there's a nice, there's a nice Bible verse. Ooh, there's, there, we might get into that here. <laughs> we might get into, there's a nice, there's a nice Bible verse. You know, all these mysteries are in Torah, but what I wanted to say about your transfiguration and going up sapphire stones, because we've already talked about it. If your mindset was, you know, seventh week, eighth week, I've got to be, you know, flying around and stuff. Hey, if that happens, if God decides to let someone do that, that's fine. People have levitated in much lesser glories and much lesser sanctification in church history. That's been documented. That's happened. But uh, what is that transformation of us or of you into something that can overcome the enemy? Like a final overcoming. This was the prophetic word in the vision. It's when the sun and the moon make multiple revolutions within you. So what is that? Look at the menorah lamp. Did you see how the menorah lamp is a semicircle? And it's seven. You have the one in the middle. And then you have, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And those U shapes. What do we know about a rainbow from an aerial perspective? It's a full circle. It's not a semicircle. From the earth... It looks like a semicircle. From the heavens, you know it's a full circle. So, when you go up... Wow, that's so good. I just saw a vision the of, the, of the menorah. And the base being like the earth, the fire being mid-heavens. Mm -hmm. And the heat, which is invisible, the high heavens. Yeah, so and so it, circle, the, the fire most connects. Most of it is invisible above. Invisible light. Yep. So like that rainbow. Yeah, there are the, and it's layers, concentric circles, circles within circles, the halls. You see that the seven halls, the circular halls. It's God, His palaces. He's known within the palaces. So when you look at them in terms of the sephira, if you remember from the master class, each one of those menorah lamps. So let's say you regular menorah lamp, semicircle. 
little flames. Tongues of fire. <laughs> Imagine tongues of fire and flames of fire. He stepped into Enoch, walked into the tongues of fire, and then he saw the flames of fire. He walked into he, the tongues of fire. He walked into it. He stepped into the tongues of fire, and he saw the flames of fire. He went into the house, and he saw a greater house. There's, there's a greater house of the flames of fire. You're going to go up and get a neshama. You're going to experience the flames of fire. And that fire is a transportation to the upper halves of that full circle. But it's light. It's invisible light of the Father. So at the top of the regular looking menorah from our class, we have in the center Keter, of course. And on the right, there you have Hakman and you have Bina. And then over to the right of that, what do you have over there? Hased. And then on the other side, the left side, you've got Gavra. And then all the way, a little bit farther out than that. And that's where you've got Netza. And then you've got Hod. And so that's the, the top candle parts. So if that's one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, when you start looking at the Spirit of God, the seven spirits of God, and how each one, you know, you go up the, uh, we don't have to make a picture. It's really hard for me to explain it right now. I'm probably going to have to do a picture for you oh, guys. Oh, I can see it. But you can see, okay, so the seers are probably going to be okay. in the center. Then you got Yasad right <laughs> below that. And and then uh, the base is Malkut. And then, yeah, yeah, the, the seven spirits of God, and you have the four corners of the heavens in him, the four corners of the heavens, four corners of the earth. You know, I was leaving the house today to go get a little bit of nice, some nice brisk light exercise to energize, take care of the nefesh. For it is written, the Zadik, any righteous man, righteous woman cares for the nefesh of their behemoth, right? So you you care for the nefesh care for the behemoth so we're gonna take it on a walk care for the behemoth ministries care, i can't <laughs> some people will go to the gym to slay the behemoth that's a great place to do that yeah but we did a it's a nice <laughs> wonderful cardio listening to beautiful messages about heaven listening this morning to a beautiful book of wisdom you might have seen the post online from the book of the wisdom of solomon that says that envy is the enemy of immortality essentially that's the the essence of those verses in that scripture which is in the king james version with apocrypha you know the good old handy dandy catholic bible that comes in handy comes in handy in a pinch but for whatever reason some people decided not to include certain scriptures certain books that had a lot about immortality because they didn't want you to have it and it turns out envy is the number one enemy of immortality. But how are you going to transfigure? Number two enemy is certainly strife. Envy, strife, backbiting. <laughs> and opinionated demons. Right. A dead person doesn't have an opinion. And it's like every day just correcting the masses with the higher truth of the wisdom that's written on the heavenly tablets. The problem is, is no wisdom that's from below is God. 
and everyone right. is filled with below knowledge and wisdom, which means almost everyone is in opposition to God. Because none of your opinions are God. Your opinions are demons. See, what is God is the emanation. God is light. It is written. God is light. In him, there is no darkness, no darkness. at all, which means no human nature. No human nature. Okay. God is a life-giving spirit. Second Adam. The Father is spirit. John 4, 24. That is the influence of the revelation of Jesus Christ is that divine part of you, the connection to that light. <clears throat> what is the demonic? Why can't all of the uh, the natural realm comprehend the things of the spirit? Why the Bible says it cannot, because the natural realm is progressively sanctified for the intelligence of the Holy Spirit, but it is not complete. It is incomplete. So that's why you have a all this treasure in jars of clay. The jar of clay is not the treasure. It's the container for the treasure, which is the living word emitting the light of God. That light that comes out of the scriptures alive, mixed with the faith of our heart, that is fully God. Anyone who denies that Shekinah coming out of the word written on our hearts is not God, is Antichrist. And then they, they want you on the dead letter. They want you on external religion. They want you in the natural dimensions submitted to the fallen angels here's the here is the issue the flesh has to lose to the spirit daily as Come it's on. written i die daily okay the word of god builds up your spirit to influence your flesh with holiness wisdom and righteousness and great purity you overcome death by your spirit man built up conquering your flesh conquering the impulse of the flesh conquering the dna of your mom and dad in the flesh. God's word is God's DNA. Now, who's going to win in your life? If you die, the truth is the DNA of man and woman won. Now, the part of you that's God lives on forever, so there's victory in Christ. Mm -hmm. But not complete victory. No, no, incomplete victory. Mm -hmm. Even if we study the Apostle Paul, it was an incomplete victory. And one of the greatest apostles who ever lived. Why? He still died. It was an incomplete victory. Heaven considers that incomplete. Paul did not fulfill his destiny. That's written in the final quest. He did a lot of it, but he didn't do the perfect. He didn't do the complete. The overcoming of death, which is the conquering of the DNA of the human body, is the complete and perfect destiny that is only accomplished by the spirit man perfected, conquering and ascending 10 weeks. Even then, there will be a requirement after 10 weeks of letting it trickle through all of that divine intelligence through the body continuously. It'll be a lot easier, but that is a perfect heart. Okay, so what we need to go after is what Jesus Christ said success was, was knowing him, which is the perfect heart. If we're going after anything else, it's idolatry. We go after a perfect heart, and a perfect heart is the circumcisions of the ascension of the 10 weeks of Enoch. It's Enoch's stairway. It's Enoch's ladder. It's Enoch's lightning path. Without that, there is zero chance of even discovering what your spirit was created for. If you're still stuck in your carnal mind trying to figure it out by listening to the prophets, you need to transfer head intelligence which is the realm of the beast their intelligence was in their forehead 666 the mark of the beast which means your thought led by your brain okay i pulled up my map here i got my little <laughs> into the heart map. 
thought led of God's thoughts of the word and the spirit. So you need to transfer your intelligence from your heads to your hearts. That is the first step of ascension, going from brain intelligent to spirit intelligence. Now a dependence on the intelligence of that light that comes from the daily bread so that you may actually be Holy Spirit led. Amen. Amen. So that center pillar of the menorah lamp, the cutter, the yachita. Whoo, man. Yeah, that eighth world. When you're in the eighth world, you know, you've got a yachita. That's the pinnacle of the menorah lamp, right? That's that center pillar, that flame on the top. So you get all those lit, you know, let's look at center pillar, cutter, uh, on the, the right of the center, you've got the Spirit of Wisdom, uh, Hakma, that's the, where you, that's the Chaya. So th these are the, you know, the spirits of the Lord. He's got his seven, and then you have your seven, so you can see how he is and how he's made you in his image. You're being restored to the image that fell. When they fell, they lost some things, right, Adam and Eve. So the Keter center pillar, that's the Yuchita. That's the spirit of the Lord. You've got the spirit of wisdom there on the right. The, the one, we'll go. Let's do the we'll do the right side for those who are taking notes. So we'll start in the center pillar and go over to the right, and then we'll come back to the center pillar and kind of go to the left one, so you can have accurate notes here. So the center pil pillar, Keter, top of the flame and the menorah lamp, Keter, Yachita, spirit of the Lord, and then to the right we have wisdom. So the Holy Spirit of wisdom, Hakma. That's the the Chaya. And then to the right of that, that's where you have uh, the spirit of counsel, Hesed, that actually represents one of the Ruah. God has his four Ruah. There was a sign and wonder about that today too. So the four Ruat of the seven spirits of God. So we have wisdom, counsel. And then to the right there on the far right, you've got Netza. Again, that's another of the Ruah. And that's the right hand. Okay, back to the center pillar, you can start there from Keter. To the left of that one on your menorah lamp, you make your little f flames there. You've got uh, Bina, that's the Neshama, that's the spirit of understanding. That corresponds to the world of Berea. And then to the left of that one, you've got ooh, the spirit of might, or in some uh, Jewish translations, spirit of valor. <laughs> might and valor. I like that. That was cool. Valor, it's a cool word in the English. All right, Gevra. And again, that's another one of the Ruah. And then on the left. Oh, man. That's so good. The seven spirits of God are the exact names in Hebrew for the Sapphira, the rungs of Jacob's ladder. <laughs> so it's nice to study in the Hebrew. Uh, you know, you can just, you don't have to learn the whole language. With the tools available today, you can Google it and just with one click, you can look and you can study it. Of course, you could spend decades studying that. It's just find out what you're supposed to be doing and then do that. So then on the left side, this is the last one on the left, Hod. Uh, that's the left hand and that's another one of the Ruah. <laughs> it's so strong because when I was leaving... I was driving. <laughs> and I saw four white 
birds. They were just standing there. I don't see these birds around here, really. What? Kind of medium-sized birds walking around the lawn. I remember looking in and it said it's definitely not a flamingo. It's probably one-third the height of a flamingo and it's not the same color. I don't know why I thought of flamingos when I saw it. Probably because of the way they were walking around. It reminded me of it. These four white birds. One was a little bit separate from them on the left. And there the Holy Spirit whisper. Hmm, yeah. Hod, you just finished it. That's what that is. And then the other four. Those are the four corners. Four white birds. Aren't you studying Talit? Wow, yeah. Four corners. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. I continue to drive across the street. There's the exact same four birds. Four of them. <laughs> oh, I said, Lord. <laughs> On the other side. Over, you know, by the waters, the other waters, the waters over here, or waters over there. Oh my goodness. When he made a separation between the waters above and the waters below. And I see the four corners of heaven and the four corners of the earth. Wow, four white birds. And then, the, you know, you have birds representing the angels, those four living creatures, angelic creatures of the chariot. And I'm just, just like, wow, whoa, okay, thank you. And uh, going on with that. But the four corners of the heavens and the earth, and the Lord has the four ruat. When you're looking at it. And then you have the middle pillar there. You've got the Keter, Tiferet, and the moon. So you've got the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So the whole, you know, the middle pillar journey as you go and you experience the seven spirits of God, you begin in the fear of the Lord and it ends in the fear of the Lord. The beginning meets the ending and you'll see the end from the beginning. Tenth world, you're really, you're learning about the fear of the Lord, but it's more of the aspect of the love of the Lord. It's the love and the fear. That's why it's the pink color. It's the red and the white. Walking in the love and the fear of God. And so it's kind of like that reminds you of the beginning, but you're seeing it more towards the ending. And that's when it becomes like a song. You can start to see the song from the ending, from the beginning. I was like, wow, Moses and the lamb. Wow. And Moses representing Tifret and the lamb will be the lamp and talks about the moon. So you like the sun and the moon, both Torahs. And those are the two things that are going to be making multiple revolutions inside of you before you really change a lot. So when do they start making revolutions? Both Torahs, <laughs> both Testaments. So now the planets, you know, on the little loops in the middle pillar, you've got Da'at, which is where that um, semicircle between Bina and Hakma. You know, it makes the menorah lamp. Where it intersects there, that's where Da'at has the intersection. So if Keter, the top middle of that middle of the lamp, 
is the eighth world. Then the ninth world above that is your first circle above. That's the above menorah. So if your world is inside out, upside down, because things are inverted or the curse of the fall, you're reploding the imploded star, essentially, you know, within you. Every one of you is a bright and shining star. Oh, somebody's somebody's gonna get this today. But when you you're, the ninth world is really that first time you step from menorah below to menorah above, and you pass through that fire, right? You go through that flame, and now it's the other way around. So you draw the semicircle from the top from Bina to Hakma. Now it's not just a semicircle below, but it goes above. That's called orbit, <laughs> because everything orbits around God. Amen. He has that gravity. Wow. Yeah, I can see that the full circle. The half circle below and the other half circle above is the full orbit around the mm -hmm. Father's throne. So the ninth world, that's that first semicircle. <laughs> the sons of God, uh, the galaxy orbiting around the Father. And they orbit faithfully, <laughs> right? So the wow. lum luminaries... You guys getting these visions? Luminaries orbit uh, faithfully. It's in the book of Enoch. It talks about the law of the luminaries. And the first law of the luminaries is that the sun rises in the portals of the east and sets in the portals in the west that's the first law so they're faithful you learn to be faithful in orbit through your rising your very first little baby orbit is ninth world you know <laughs> right so then the luminary so what's the next one after that the 10th world, so that's why, because Da'at is on that first loop, that's world nine, you start to get, you take territory in the brain, like really in the mind and in the brain you start to get, which is really interesting because in the beginning you have to forsake. So if you're on Malkut and you're trying to go cosmic early, it's all about getting out of your head and into your spirit. By the time you get to the ninth, it's all of that. And then by the time you get to ninth world, they're like, okay, we're taking back the brain now. And then that's where it's a little bit tricky because you have to use wisdom when are we taking back the mind? And then it has to be the spirit renewing the mind. So you still use that basic training, but you go up all those worlds. You've got to have the discipline to do that early on. And then know as the spirit takes over territory in the mind, how much of this is renewed. It's all in increments and measurements versus what part of that is the enemy impulse. You just have to know the Lord. You have to receive communications, Kabbalah, right? To receive instruction from Yadhe So the second one... If you're making your little orbit pictures uh, from counsel and understanding, Hasid and Gevra. Oh man, it's so interesting talking about these from, from here. That is where the, you know, the under, the semicircle below, the menorah lamp below, that's where it intersects the sun. So that first orbit, it's that, you know, Da'at, <laughs> which is why it's kind of crazy, you know. The ninth world is extreme judgment, and I believe it's for that purpose of sanctifying the mind. And then the sun is uh, in that tenth world orbit. The sun is orbiting that above menorah rum to make that full semicircle. So by the time you finish nine, that's an orbit. So now you've got um, basically Da'at, Pluto, and Tiferet going in orbit. And then after that, the next one below uh, is the moon intersection. 
right? Because the bride of Christ is standing on the moon clothed in the sun that uh, under, you know, the below menorah of Netza and Hod, those parts of the Ruah. Man, this is a really um, wonderful glory. It's a lot of glory. And uh, you can see that because what is Tiferet? Right? What is Ruah? Because that's connected to the Ruah. The Ruah represents Yetzirah. Well, what is Yetzirah? That's all of that, um, you know, the Zer Anpin, the Fire Rose, the Vav. That's Hesed, Gevra, mm. Tiferet. Netza and Had and Yasad, including Yasad. And those are all going in orbit at that point. So, 10th world, the sun makes that loop. 11th world is when the moon finally gets her turn to go in orbit all the way up to the upper. The moon gets restored to the above menorah, which is literally just the full circle. So it can be in orbit. So for the necessary requirements for the sun and the moon to make multiple orbits within you, which is required for the kind of transformation you need to be a kind of creature, similar to the one who fell, right? We get to be the angel-like sons of God. They fell. They lost everything. Not only did we get what God intended for man and woman, but a lot of you are going to just replace you replace the fallen angels. Uh, yep, Luke they, 20, they're the angel-like sons of God, the children <laughs> of the resurrection. You're ascending to the exact same places where angels once stood but fell from heaven. That's why there's a lot of warfare, but the truth will set you free, and the truth will keep you on the path of righteousness that shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day. And, you know, Satan fell for pride and envy. He saw... Of mankind inside the Father. I love this uh, wisdom that in the lower rungs you're really repenting from the sins of man, but in the higher rungs mm -hmm. you're repenting from the, the sins, sins of, of angels. Yep. So you get to walk in repentance of the world to come, and that's a blessing as you go up. So once you have Ein, which is that 11th world. Right, because the tenth world is Ein Sof, ninth world Ein Sof Orm, and you've got, and once you you know you complete that circuit of the eleventh world, that's when you've got sun and moon in orbit. So when you go up, they make a revolution, right? They go around, you know, in a year, the, a year for planetary power is like an it's an orbit around, you know, whatever you're orbiting around. Hopefully, it's God. <laughs> And not like the black sun, the clippeth. There's an orbit of the clippeth, and you don't want to be a part of that, right? And then you want to be faithful, like the luminaries, to the orbit of God. And so, really, it's not going to be. I think you know until about world twelve, world thirteen, world fourteen. Get that's when you kind of have you've had a couple of chances for them to make full circle revolutions. And then you have the inner solar system of light. You know, we've talked about for a few years now that, uh, this is not the right word, but kaleidoscope, <laughs> the inner, what are those little things called, uh, 
you know how it goes in full orbit the the gyroscope thank you someone said it and i could hear you one of our prophetic people you talk in the spirit i can hear you thank you helping me out because i'm getting really raptured today and just just we're we're nearing the whack bamboozled territory of glory and i'm just doing my best to hold on and go along full rapture 10 weeks and it went just those there's something happens on the inside and it has to do with transfiguration so how many worlds is it gonna take who knows let's go up and find out i'm sure we'll get more revelation well i can tell you this from the eighth world of adam cadmon there's still probably man i want to say less than 20 percent of it able to filter through my body down below so if it takes eight worlds to get 20 percent of the higher angelic perfect of christ through i mean it, it might take 20, 30, 40 weeks to be at 100% through the body for the body to just be c- completely clear for the above angelic realm. And those are kind of the accurate things that I'm experiencing for my ascension so far. So, my goodness, if you are in the, the Malkut region of Isaiah with your inner man, any accuracy is just astonishing. I mean, and even that accuracy is going to be a very, very small shot. It's it's like playing with BBs and the kind of ammunition that's above that armory of the father that's above is is so much higher and and bigger and more powerful. Those upgrades are beyond human comprehension. So this is going to take the faith of everyone listening to really repent of all the earthly, all the human and to begin experiencing and not despising the days of small beginnings of your inner man because you're on the path this is the path of life there's no other purpose for your existence other than to walk the path of the resurrected lord jesus christ in the same exact places he ascended you'll ascend that is the way of righteousness and there is a meriting of rungs the rewards are according to works revelation 22 jesus christ in the red letters you got so much anti-christ hyper grace nonsense down here that it's just all a grace gift and i don't need to do anything and just be lazy slobs and we just talk about the same salvation message with no wisdom no maturity for 20 30 years of charismatic christianity guys that is so wrong so boring you need to be out of nursery in one to three years because of the development of your inner man but you'll never come out of nursery in the development of your inner man if you're listening to the same teachings of immaturity Mm, for decades like the charismatic church is doing that's wrong we need advanced teaching of righteousness that's written in hebrews chapter 6 and we need it biblically and we need it with the holy angels because you're being trained to be in the realms of the holy angels if the angelic is not becoming more normal to you make sure you understand you are not growing in christ because growing in christ is growing to be with the angels all the time when you're raptured you're with the angels you're learning to stay raptured so deal with your heart here's the issue people put too much credence into their brains too head heavy this thing is an anchor to the realm of the dead okay 
This Bone thing, throne of Satan. If you are not anchored to the word of Christ in your hearts, there is a disconnection from the light of God that there no revelation that comes from the prophets can even help you because you're connected entirely to right, the realm of the if dead. You, you're sacrificing it to the demonic altar when you take revelation and you just feed it to your brain. Paul says, knowledge. I worry that I've labored in vain because now you're serving at the altars of demons because their mind was connected to external religious altars. There has to be a repentance of connecting your minds to Jesus Christ in your heart. That's why it says in Revelation, you've forgotten your first love, which means you're not connected to Jesus within. You're not in the new covenant, the new connection. That needs to happen first in the entire charismatic church. From that reconnection to the Shekinah glory of the Messiah in your stomach, then there can be an ascension from that place of humbling all your external knowledge about God. We have Amen. so much external knowledge about God, but so little internal wisdom emanating Shekinah. That's why people are looking for revival on the outside. Does that church have revival? Is that church the truth? Is that ministry the truth? The Bible says the Holy Spirit in you is the truth. Though only those God inside minded are following the spirit of truth into all truth. All that externalism needs to be burned off of you. So we reconnect and then we ascend from that connection. And if our brain is submitted to our hearts, then we are practicing measurements of humility. That's the newest fad in Christianity is humility. But let me tell you accurately what it is. It's the humbling of the outer man to the existence of Jesus inside the inner man. So that daily humbling is serving and bowing with all your flesh, bones, blood, and worldly external influence of family, friends, time, finances, resources, work, everything on the outside of your body, and bringing it to Jesus and burning it on the altar of fire before his throne according to the revelation of Jesus Christ. If that is not happening every day, be certain there's no actual humility. Because humility is the bowing of the external to Christ in the internal. And from that place, if God permits, we can develop our spirit inside to conquer our soul, our heart, and our brain, and our bones, and our marrow, and to recreate our DNA through the DNA of God, which is His Word. Amen. Amen. Whew. Well, John 4, 36, Amplified Classic. Already the reaper is getting his wages. He who does the cutting now has his reward, for he is gathering fruit crop unto life eternal, so that he who does the planting and he who does the reaping may rejoice together. But I wanted to say on that note that if you haven't seen the posts already, eternal life is a fruit. Right? Eternal life is a fruit. So it's time to start growing some legendary fruit in your garden. Ultra rare fruit. Unique ancient legendary heirloom, fruit. Ancient legendary <laughs> heirloom ancient legendary seeds of the Divine word of God. Pearls. So I saw a fruit. I saw it in this vision after I had asked the Lord what his favorite fruit was. I tasted a piece of mango and I love mango. And I have a lot of mango on my tree. On my sweet fruit mango, tree. Shadrach. Sweet mango. Sweet mangoes. Right. We got rid of the bitter mango. So we just prune the bitter mango. We just just we'll just cut those those parts. 
and prune it. And now we got some sweet mangoes by the grace of God. Amen. So uh, I had tasted a piece of mango. So this is when you look for the inner intelligence and in everything you do in the natural realm. I wanted a piece of this, you know, the dried fruit. I want to taste the piece of this mango. So I desired it. So when I desire something like that, if I just mindlessly take a bite, what am I doing with my life, right? This is how I think, like, what's the point? It's all just idolatry of the natural realm if I'm just like, me hungry, me want food, I'm not, you know? <laughs> it doesn't make, why are you even here? That's an overcomer reward. He will grant for them to eat from the tree of life. Hunger Jesus Christ grants the overcomers who conquer the outside to develop the inside the, he grants for them to eat. <laughs> cookie monster. Right, okay, so put down the cookies and <laughs> maybe put down the pizza unless it's a transfiguration variety. All right, so when I grab this piece of mango, I like to just try to contemplate the mysteries of the invisible realm and every little thing that I do because I find that it draws me closer to God. To be aware of his holiness, his godliness, and all things as he fills and upholds all of his creation, right? Like, bro, you're just having a bite of mango. Just have the bite of mango and get on with your life. What are you doing? Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm drawing closer to God. And it doesn't take a lot of time or energy. It's just the simplicity of turning toward Christ to see what mysteries might be unveiled when I take a bite of this mango. You never know. It could be little. It could be huge. And I was shocked. This is just taking a break from some work. Get up, stretch my legs a little bit. Go in the kitchen. Oh, there's a nice, nice sweet mango. Gonna have a bite, take the piece. And it was so good in that glory. I know we've been going glory to glory. The atmosphere glorifies the food, glorifies the flavor, the, the vision, the air, the smells. Yeah, food tastes better as you ascend. It glorifies your senses. He's not ridding you of your senses. Mm -hmm. He's transfiguring them golden to be a thousand mm -hmm. times more sensitive in the mm -hmm. Shekinah glory. Yeah, and then it's just like all the below realm of like just the, the gluttony or there's the shoveling it down kind of thing is that's like there's no point. It just is so far away, dark place. You can't really think of it. Yesterday but, when we were eating, it was so holy that the joy of the glory was so strong while we were feasting that we were laughing continuously the entire time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's literally worship to God. Man, I'm getting burnt up. But ultra rare fruit. So I take a piece of mango, and I love mango. <clears throat> and I can't help, you know, this like judging myself favorably. I'm like, I do have a lot of nice mango on my invisible tree. You're like dried them. organic mango. And that's it's kind delicious. of the litmus test to how bright the glory is, is how good the mango, the mango tastes. tastes. So, yeah, it's like, that's how you know. <laughs> Heavenly discernment. How does the mango taste? How, how does the mango <laughs> taste <laughs> in this glory? Delicious. And so I asked the Lord, is mango your favorite? You know, you're like, I got a lot of mangoes. Mango your favorite? You know, like, do you like my fruit? You know, uh, and I'm mean, kind of self-aware of that. And so I'm just kind of laughing at myself while I ask him. And uh, what is your, so I said, what is your Papaya, favorite Papaya, passion fruit, Ooh. Uh, star fruit, star lesser fruit. glories, lesser fruits. Mango, <laughs> mango is delicious. top tier. Yeah, it's pretty up there. I like mango. Uh, so I asked the Lord, is mango your favorite? Well, what is your favorite fruit? 
Is it peaches? Apricots? Right, I think Bob Jones loved apricots. Apples? What is it? And then I listened. Right, some of you have been praying. You've been praying a lot. Praying, praying, praying. But you haven't listened. stopped to listen. I know you prayed that, but what, what did, did God say? say? What's his favorite fruit, Rebecca? He said eternal life fruit. Oh. And I was like, what? That was kind of blowing my mind because that was one of the memories on Facebook just a couple of days before that was that revelation of eternal life being a fruit. So it expanded. So that's when you have a, a choice of, oh, I already wow. knew that. Or God's about to expand on the seed of revelation that you had. So it's got to grow. You're going to grow this fruit. Jesus's favorite fruit is the fruit of eternal life. <laughs> yeah. You think about eternal life as a fruit that you can bear inside your spirit throughout your soul wow, and if you're wondering hallelujah. where's the bible verse for that we just read it a couple of minutes ago um, bear the fruit of eternal life through your bones <laughs> guess what happens you'll never die you feel the death just coming out just talking about it you know so it's, it's really wonderful we're sowing it by the way our words are Amen. made up of light and so the words are carriers for seed there's so, an eternal gospel that will be preached at, at the end time. If you decided to have death. Amen. If you decided to have good soil before this uh, teaching here on RLM TV Live, while we're talking about this, you've already been getting the seed for it. Unless it just feels like, you know, the envy, the strife. Oh no, I want that. You know, fear of being left out. So fear of being left out. Envy and jealousy towards people talking about these kind of things because you feel afraid of being left out. I want you to take those and just give those to the Father right now. Give those to Jesus. Put that at the cross. And get that out of the way because our intentions here are to speak life into you. So you have to understand the way things work. Get rid of the things, the stony places, the thorns that choke out the seed. Right? There's a game I just picked up. Uh, I started playing today. I haven't played it for a very long time, many years. And I didn't get to play it for a very long time in that season of my life. But it's based on this revelation. Why I'm playing a game when I'm so busy, you know, this season doesn't make sense. But it has to do with the signs and wonders, the fruit, and then what I saw today and what happened today when I open it again. The only reason we do things is if the Holy Ghost highlights something to you. It has eternal value. So I take a bite of the mango, opens up this whole thing, and the Lord's talking about eternal life is a fruit. And then what I saw... What verse is that again? John 4.36. And I believe there's another verse This is as well. so juicy. She showed me this the other day. I don't know how I... We might go... It. I think we've got grace to go over just a little bit today because this is important to the Holy Ghost. John 4 what? Uh, 4.36. All right, and you're in the Amplified? Yeah, Amplified Classic. Already the reaper is receiving his wages, and he is gathering fruit for eternal life. Fruit for eternal life, so that he who plants and he who reaps may rejoice together. That's a good harvest, huh? All right, so, <laughs> whew, ultra rare fruit. So, when the Lord said eternal life fruit, I saw an icon and my vision screen as it's here, like Stardew Valley. With which is the game that we're talking about, with a green stem and spiral things on the stem, 
and a purple fruit and it looked kind of like I was like is it was it? I couldn't tell if it was bumps on it not sure if bumps or just the 8-bit graphics right because Stardew Valley kind of has that 8-bit style it's kind of a nostalgia it's very cute it's like a modern but old kind of looking thing you know that good old wine I'm because just going by face here i have no idea what that is old wine you know the little pixelated looking guys right, but, but when I, they do a new version of it to I've make never it even heard of those game so it's called stardew valley oh <laughs> stardew valley and so he's talking about he's showing it to me like an icon of Stardew Valley. And I haven't played this game in years or I don't know when this thing came out. And so, again, I can't tell if that was just the 8-bit graphics or if it was the bump. So I'm trying to get, get that picture of that fruit. I saw it. He showed it to me. And then, you know, the Lord has reasons why he does everything. He's very specific. He's in the details. Right? Christ is in the details. Amen. So, Stardew Valley is a key. Do... So a star do, do tall, right? Lights, the neshama, we've talked about this. You know, the great awakening, resurrection. The lights of the firmament restored, the return of the neshama, the outpouring. Awakening, harvest, again, we're talking about harvest and eternal life fruit. Valley, I am a lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. Song of songs, Shir Hashirim, the end from the beginning. The beginning from the end, Bereshit becomes Hashirim. Bereshir, a new beginning, a new garment. Strong's Hebrew, 7897, sheath. S-H-I-T-H, a garment. And that, whew. Shin, Yad, Tav. Hebrews 1, 10-12. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work, the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever and ever. And they will all wear out like a garment. And like a robe, you will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed. They will be changed. And the twinkling of an eye, they will be changed. But you are the same forever. And your years will never end. Hebrews 1, 9 through 12. You have loved righteousness and you have delighted in integrity, virtue, uprightness, and purpose, thought, and action. You have hated lawlessness, injustice, and iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, Godhead, has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. And further, you, Lord, did lay the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish but you remain and continue permanently. They will all grow old and wear out like a garment, like a mantle thrown about oneself. You will roll them up and they will be changed and replaced by others, but you remain the same. Your years will never end nor come to failure. They will be changed like clothes and you will fold them up and put them away. Second Corinthians 5, 2 through 5. Amplified Classic. Here indeed in this present abode body, in this body, we sigh and groan inwardly because we yearn to be clothed over. We yearn to put on our celestial body like a garment. To be fitted out 
to be fitted out. I'm finna be fitted out, man. I'm finna be fitted out. Yeah, your fit's on point. What are you finna be doing this weekend? I'm finna be fitted out with a new celestial body. That's what I plan on doing. What about you? What? All right. Trying to get in orbit. I'm trying to get in proper orbit this year for 2024. That's my New Year's resolution to get in orbit. <laughs> That's a good resolution. That might shock some family members and friends. Use at your own discretion. So... A, a, a celestial body, that's the cosmic garment, celestial garments, righteousness. Like a garment to be fitted out with our heavenly dwelling. Not earthly dwelling, heavenly dwelling. So that by putting it on, we may... So by putting on the celestial body like a garment... We may not be found naked without a body, right? Adam and Eve were naked when they fell. Why? Because they no longer had the celestial garment mm -hmm. body. They lost the covering of the heavens, the stars. Mm -hmm. Then they were just on the earth and not the heavenly abode. When it's just the earth without the heavenly abode, you're supposed to walk in both realms at once. That's exactly what the once. fall is, is the losing of your stars mm -hmm. as garments. It's not good to lose the heavenly body, which happened, and just be on the earth. And it's not the best. It's still good to die and go to heaven where you lose the the earth part, and then you just die and go to heaven. But originally, you're supposed to walk in both at the same time. That's how God created you, to walk in the realms and dimensions with him in the Ruah of the day in orbit of the father right so while we are still in this tent we groan under the burden and sigh deeply weighed down depressed oppressed not that we want to put off the body the clothing of the spirit but rather that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal our dying body may be swallowed up by life after the resurrection now he who has fashioned us preparing and making us fit for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. And what is that promise? A new body, a cosmic celestial garment. Again, the promise of, of the resurrection is being clothed in the stars. The cosmic body. Ooh, so, this fruit of the tree of life is really for those who go through the flashing sword of fire as Brandon said who are willing to put to death their nefesh and circumcise that ruah circumcise your inner man I think a lot of Christians are astonished of how much the Bible talks about the stars and the luminaries well it's the only book that explains that the God of the Bible is the maker of the stars and the sun and the moon. It's the most starry book in the universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the... And so this happened. So I decided that I'm going to have to get that game. I know we've been so busy. But on the other hand, you know, sometimes there are seasons where no matter how busy you are, God will give you a hobby or a um, a wholesome television show or a movie or something or an activity like we ride our scooters there's a whole season we were going and riding scooters if you know heaven culture it's important to make sure you make time for some fun you have to take care of yourself you have to make 
there's gotta be room for your daily shower there has to be room for your daily work being done our father is always working receiving instruction from heaven there has to be time for you to rest and to recover there are times and seasons you're gonna go all out you know i've had times and seasons of my life where i was working and working many hours very little hours of sleep but there was grace for that season so it was great but know what season what time you're in uh but so of course i had to get this and find out why is the lord you know talking about this thing and something happened so whoo man holy this is really special so I open it up and I'm thinking I bet there's gonna be some fun revelation in here so I go to log in and download you know it's I get on PC on Steam on laptop and part of the process is that I have to enter in a code to verify you yeah, have many times whatever you do on the computer sometimes you, know, they, you verify the code they send you an email here's the code and then you copy and paste the code into the website. You know what I'm talking about. Anyone who uses a computer on a somewhat regular basis. Simple, right? Copy, paste. You go to the email. Now, I had not been using my computer. I just got back from the gym when I saw that. I get on there. Get the code. And it's like a combination of letters. Like like a 6 and a T. Is it like a Y? And an M and a 7 in there. It's just like a random letters and numbers like normally you would see. So I click on copy. And I, I didn't just hit the control C. I highlighted it. Right clicked. Copy. Like it's exactly. And then I go over there into the game. Stardew Valley. Where we've seen our icon of eternal life fruit from the Lord. And I go to hit paste. And I am shocked. It was completely blank. And when I pasted that code, which was just random letters and numbers, and again, I highlighted it and copied it exactly. I went to paste it in there. I didn't have anything else pasted or copied on my clipboard. I hadn't even been working on my computer. Again, I had just gotten back from the gym. And guess what paste instead of the letters and numbers? An exact word. It pasted a completely different word in English. And it said exactly in the same amount of spaces, genes, G-E-N-E-S, as in the father's oh, genetics. Wow. That's about the eternal life fruit. Miracle sign and wonder. That's not possible. Except God literally pasted into my computer his genetics, which is a sign and a confirmation that we've been praying for his genetics and that's the God sperm seed of the word of God. And that seed of the word that we're looking at and we're speaking into you tonight is the fruit seed for you to bear. Remember, you don't steal fruit. I got an interpretation too from Psalms 110. Yeah. It says you have the dew of your youth or the genes of your youth. Renewed like the eagles. Wow. Amen. Your youth will be renewed. So... Remember, we're farmers, we're cosmic farmers, I'm a cosmic botanist, we're cosmic farmers. You're farming and harvesting, you're not Esau anymore, stealing and hunting and all that leads to is death anyway. So any temporary rewards that you get, let's say if you go into Jezebel's camp or you go to Esau's camp, 
to gain uh, youthfulness, it only steals from you later on and you can't get it back. Right? So, but you repented, you come into the way of the true way of Christ. And what that is, is here's the seed. This is what Christ is showing us. This is how you, we've talked about fruit. I've got a lot of mango. Why? Because I went into the seed of the word of God and put my hand on my spirit, just like Brandon taught us to do. Put it in your eyes and ears and just let it go in your spirit. Don't use it for your brain. Don't use it for your heart and what you feel. Let it go in your spirit. Grow your inner man. And when you shot, you machine gun the word of God in there, just put it in. When you work on the soil, that's why we work on the soil so much. I know some of you don't like it too much, but you get used to it. When the soil gets better, it's not as painful, right? When the soil is good, you're more fruitful from your time in the word. Because it's not getting choked out all the time by the cares of the word or the world, the cares of the world instead of the word. And, you know, all those different things that can happen. Or the birds coming and stealing it because the soil was too hard. It wasn't tilled properly. You got to till the soil. Break up the fallow ground. That's what that means. So that, you know, you go through and plow it and you put the seed in it. It will grow. It will. Like the sun is always, this eternal sun of righteousness is shining already. So you will grow. But when we're taking the seed and we're speaking it to you, repent from any envy, jealousy, and then repent from any fears, fears of missing out, fears that God doesn't want it for you. And then so just say, let me get my soil ready. And I'm going to save this, you know, save this video so you can go and replant it again and again and again. I would save it on a separate playlist. Maybe name it something like, you know, eternal uh, life fruit seed. And by faith, you can come back and put your hand on your belly. Loop this. Play it while you're sleeping. Play it while you're driving to work. And start farming eternal life fruit. That's how you farm. You listen to the word, the seed. It's in the apostolic and the prophetic decree. And it's in the Bible when you put it in your senses, your ears, your eyes. You're listening to it. You're paying attention. And you're trusting and believing. Yes, that's for me. Get out the doubt. Get out the unbelief. If you got to get a lot of unbelief out, do a little bit of fasting. You know, Whatever it takes. You're going to farm. You're not going to go and steal and kill and destroy because that only kills you in the end, right? You're going to be a farmer. You're going to do it right. And you're going to have a ton of fruit. You do it the right way. You're going to have a ton of fruit. We want you guys to be fruitful and spotless and beautiful bride for Jesus Christ. Even the men, we want you to be beautiful brides for Christ because he's made you to be beautiful fruit and holy. Fruit is Jesus getting through your soul all fruit is simply jesus christ able to get through your spirit soul and body into the natural realm amen and one more note on that so i was shocked and stunned the genes the genetic sign and wonder so i said i see it and receive it thank you father amen so be it and then once i started to download my game i noticed that i had a game and i hadn't been in my steam login from it's in like 2015 and I saw some old game on there. I don't even know. I don't think I even ever played it. It was like a free download. But it's called, this is the name, Marvel Heroes Omega. <laughs> that was the promise. One of the promises for completing the Sephirot and going to those higher glories was that the Avengers, you know, the, the Avengers pack of the glory, uh, the, the superhero kind of glory and anointing. So... I hope that you are planting these seeds of the fruit 
of eternal life in your garden and you'll be a fruitful bride for your beloved Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized. The dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.